Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. This message is called, The Youth Will Always Win. The Youth Will Always Win. More often than not, if if you think about it, with the culture that we have, y'all are very overlooked because of your age, because of your height. Maybe maybe you sound funny. I don't know. Some some that the society makes you look like you are overlooked. But I want to encourage you tonight. That is something exact. Those are the people that Jesus actually handpicked to spread His gospel. So tonight, when I want to talk about the youth will always win. Tonight, I want to t- tell you three points. Three main points, just three, on how you can always win with Christ. Um, these three points will give context for discovering how God has called us to overcome these perceived limitations. Because these three things, I believe, if you do this, this will this will make you overcome a common barrier. Maybe you feel like it's too hard to actually do it. And you feel like you can't be used by God because of how young you are, how mouthy you sound, whatever that looks like. I want to give you three points on that. The first point I want to talk about tonight is be loud. Be loud. Well, okay, so like for example, let me give you this example. Like I'm whispering in the microphone, right? I'm whispering in the microphone. Nobody can. You can't hear nothing, right? But if I'm loud, ah, if I'm loud, I know that was really loud. I just went up a decibel. I kamehameha'd it. So, 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 <laughs> so when you whisper, watch this. If you whisper, you can't really hear it, can you? Like if you, you can hear it a little bit. You can only hear it a little bit. But if you're loud, like it's it's hard to ignore. Some people think it's annoying when you're loud, right? Oh, no, no, no. That's loud. That's annoying. It's very obnoxious. But let me tell you something. When you whisper, watch this. Listen, 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 listen. Shh. When you when you whisper, you can't you can't hear anything. It's not as effective as being loud, right? Makes as simple as that. One of the things that that I think I think it's more than just your words. Because if you're loud, God bless you. You're just naturally loud and obnoxious, and that's okay. Maybe you're naturally quiet and you just don't say nothing about anything. You're just like. You just sit there. And that's okay too. But what I want to talk about is not just your words. I want to talk about, cause, because, because some of our, we live some of our lives whispering. We live some of our lives whispering and not living our faith out loud. And the question is, is that are you living your faith out loud? I'm not just talking about words. Don't be that weird person that goes into Panda Express and just goes, Jesus loves you and freak people out. Don't do that. That's a little weird. You'll scare people. They'll call the cops on you, everything. Nothing like that, but I think your actions on how you live for Christ is better than when you say Jesus loves you. I would rather you show me that Jesus loves me rather than you tell me that Jesus loves me. So when when it comes to the point of being loud, like be loud in your faith. And one of the issues is, is that in Ephesians 5.11, this is what I want to say for this one. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, rather expose them. There was this quote last year 
that was going around when there was a lot of uh, racial tension. And it said, if you stay quiet about evil, you participate in it. If you stay quiet about evil that goes on in the world, it, you, you participate in it. And I think it doesn't just apply to that, but I think it applies to everything in our life as we live for Christ. I think when something evil comes around the corner, God wants us to expose it, not just for, for people, but for ourselves sometimes. What is the evil that you need to expose in your life? You got to be loud. And I'm not just talking about witnessing to people because you can witness with just your life. But does your lifestyle measure up to your confession? Does it match up to where you say that you're a Christian, but you act a different way? If you act a different way, are you really a Christian? Because a lot of times when you, because people can do that all the time. You can say John 3.16, but then do everything else under the sun because it doesn't matter just the confession. It also matters the lifestyle. So when you live, you got to live it loud. Not just live it by what you say, but you have to live it by how you do it. You have to be loud. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this, You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that can't be hidden. Neither do the people of the lamp, the people light a lamp under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See what I'm saying? You, your actions will always speak louder than your words. So if you confess you live for Christ, but you're not really living for Christ, you're ineffective. If the devil can keep you quiet, he can keep you ineffective. AKA, if you say you love Jesus, but someone sees you doing something else, you're ineffective, a.k.a. they'll call you a hypocrite. And, and one of the things we have to challenge ourselves, and we don't like this because we don't like challenges. Some challenges are weird. They cringe. But sometimes when you live your life not living up to the expectation of what you say, it makes you look ineffective. So when you live for Christ, not just be loud in your words, because those are the people I don't want to listen to if their life doesn't measure up with the confession that they're given. So you have to be loud about it. You can't just say it with just words. It's not only important to be loud with your words, but also with your actions. Don't whisper with your life. Like I said, I'm not just saying that you have to say it all the time and sound so spiritual. I'm talking about you living your life in the lifestyle that God called you to. Don't live like the world lives. But live your life according to God's purpose. Point number two is use what you have for God. This is a very insecure point. And I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of us will not do what God tells us to do because we're so insecure about we don't have enough or we're not enough. And, and one of the things I need you to know tonight is that we serve a God who is Jehovah Jireh. And Jireh in Hebrew means the Lord provides. So Jehovah, God, Jireh who provides. So what I need you to know tonight is that if you feel like you're not enough or you feel like you don't have enough, God's like, I got that. If you feel like, like there's nothing you can bring to the table, no, God's got that. When you live your life not remembering what Jesus does and how he provides for you, you will always think that you're not enough. You'll always think that way. But if you live your life knowing that Christ is the provider, then you can live in that, in that state. Have you ever had like a, a large problem, but it came with like a simple solution? One time when, when I, was, I was playing PlayStation one day, I was trying to, I got mad. Youth pastor got mad. And I, I, I went to turn on my TV and I, I was turning on my PlayStation. It wouldn't turn on. I literally looked 
like I, I tried, I thought it was the TV, but the TV was on. I looked at the PlayStation, everything was still plugged in. I unplugged and unplugged. Like I did all this stuff for two hours. I'm so upset and I don't know how to fix it. I look under my desk. I have like a multiple like strip plug in or whatever and it was unplugged. That was it. Nothing else, nothing too crazy. I thought my PlayStation broke, but it was just fine. It was perfectly fine. And I thought to myself, that was just such a small thing, but I thought of it as a large problem. And it's the same thing with us. If you feel like you can't make a dent in the world because you feel like a small solution, let me tell you something. Small solutions can handle large problems because that's who God is. When you don't feel like you have enough or you're not enough, God says you already are. If you are a child of God and you live for Christ, you already are. You don't have to live your life thinking that you always have to have this to do this and you need this to be that. That doesn't, that doesn't measure up. What you do have is something that the world really doesn't have or fathom. You have God. And because he is Jaira, who is the provider, who is already enough, that means that makes you enough. And it's hard to hear because that's your, that's your conscience saying, I'm, I just, I can't really make a dent. I'm a teenager. I can't do that. But when you live your life like that, you'll be ineffective. If you live, if you listen to the lies of the enemy and you listen to those lies of you're not enough, then you actually won't ever be enough because you listen to the lie. But if you live in your life knowing that God is enough and that you, all your provision is in him, then you are enough. There, you, you had a, you had a young kid that brought five loaves and two fists to, to Jesus. What did he do? He said, I got that. I'm going to feed 5,000 people. Oh, I, Goliath was what? A seven-foot giant? Seven-foot behemoth? He was huge. But who did God use? A young teenager with a sling and a stone. God will use whatever he wants to because he is God. Not because he can just show off. Not that he can just do crazy things. But because he is God in general. And that because he is the provider, that means that he can make anything that looks small enough. That's who God is. He can make anything enough. Romans 12.1. This is kind of a motto for youth life. It's one of our scriptures on our uh, the, the, the wall that I vandalize. <laughs> Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's the answer. All you have to do is say, here I am. This is all I have. God calls that worship. You don't have to jump through hoops to show God that you're worthy. Or you don't have to do this and that to show that, God, I worship you. Because if we do that, that's called works. That's called religion. That's putting us in a place where we will never measure up to the standard. But God said, all you have to do is bring you and bring what you have and I'll make it enough, and I will call that worship. That's what God wants you to know. So if you feel like you don't have enough or you're not enough, know that you serve a God that multiplies, and yet you serve a God that is always going to be a provider. No matter if you have five loaves and two fish or just a sling and a stone, you are enough because he is enough. And you got to ask yourself that question, what's holding you back from God because you think it's not enough? All God is looking for is faithfulness with what he has already given you. And, and, and I want to affirm all the leaders in here, 412 and, and Youth Life alike. I know 
Sometimes what we do might seem small, but I can tell you right now, stewardship starts small. And we always feel like, we always feel like there's an, there's an insignificance when it comes to leadership and, and there's an insignificance when it comes to like we don't have enough of this or enough of that. But God says stewardship starts small. Because I want to show you this. The next scripture that I want to show you is Luke 16.10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Stewardship starts small. What you have is enough for now. What you have in your plate is enough for, to feed you. It's enough. You don't have to feel like you have to gain more, attract more. What you have is enough. And that's even to my leaders at Youth Life 412, what you have is enough. Because if you always think you need more, you will always seek it and it will fail you. But if you believe that God, I have enough for right now, even for the students, if you believe that God, that you have enough that God has for you right now, the contentment will come. And you'll be more satisfied when you don't feel like you have to have more or be more. Because if you want to be more, that's what society treats you like. They want you to be more. But in reality, if you're in Christ, you're already enough. So if you live in that mindset, you'll be content with what you have. Surrender your small to Jesus. Surrender it. If you constantly live in a place where it's just it's not enough, that means you haven't surrendered it to Christ yet. You might feel like your disability stops you. No, God's going to use that. You feel like a disorder that you have doesn't, doesn't measure up with what God wants. No, no, no. God's going to use that. God will use anything you bring to him because he is the provider, the multiplier. He always, he's always multiplying. ADHD, he can use that. A disorder, he can use that. Dyslexia, he can use that. He can use these things, but we think because it's that, we think that hinders us from, from doing God's purpose, but that's beyond the truth. God will use whatever he wants. He'll use whatever he wants. So if you live like that, living like, God, what you have given me is enough. What you have for me is enough. Even though I might not like this, it's enough. It might be a little fish, little bread. It's enough. Because if you can multiply it, I don't have to worry about it. So you got to live your life knowing that he's a multiplier. Surrender what you think is small to him. And he'll multiply. Third and final point, and I'm gonna have uh, keys in this moment. Whoever can, whoever's here to come up. Point number three: Don't waste your life in the waiting. Don't waste it. What do I mean by this? I mean that if you live your life waiting, oh, God's gonna open the door for me. God's gonna open the door. What if the door's already open? What if the door? For you to make a difference is already open. Uh, Matt, I want you to pull up that picture. I want y'all to know who this is. This girl's name is, I, can, I hope I can pronounce it right, Malala Yosofazi, something like that. I, I can't pronounce it. But I'm going to read you the description of who she is. She's a Pakistani activist for female education and the youngest Nobel Prize laureate. She is known for human rights advocacy especially the education of women and children in her native Swat Valley in, I can't pronounce that either. Basically, it's Northwest Pakistan, is what it said, um, where the local Pakistani Taliban had at times banned girls from receiving education. 
So if you were in high school as a girl, you wouldn't be able to receive education at all. So what Malala did is she became an activist to get girls back into school. And this took about, it says it took about three years, three years. And that's a while. Three years seems like a long time. But in three years, she got girls back into education, and she won a Nobel Prize for that. And guess how old she was? 16 years old. 16. Talk about making a difference as a, as a, as a teenager. Because I, here's the thing that she did. She didn't let anyone else look down on her because she was young. But she set an example. First Timothy 4.12, put it up. 4.12's anthem. <laughs> Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in faith, and in purity. This is not just for 4.12. All my high school is in here. Don't let anyone else or anyone else's opinion stop you from doing God's purpose. Because if you do, you won't be able to get there. I'm telling you, if I would have listened to the assumptions of, of people that I, I would listen to, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I had to learn I couldn't let anyone look down on me like that. Because I'm telling you, a lot of people don't like you to win. There's a lot of people in the culture, in the society, a lot older that don't believe in your generation. But if, but by faith, I believe by faith, that if we rise you up in the Christ-like way, and that you can reach other people to Christ, it can happen. You will win. And it's not just you will win, you will always win. You will always win. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to finish off with this prayer. I want to read this to you first as you close your eyes and just receive this with your heart. At every age, we are qualified to help somebody know and understand God. And at many times, it looks like serving others in love. You'll say stuff to yourself you're not old enough, smart enough, or talented enough to make a difference. Or the door's not open or whatever. I'm telling you right now, that is not God. That is not God. God is not telling you these things. If he was, you wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be in church. You wouldn't be with these friends that lead you to Christ. You wouldn't be in these places. That's not God. The reason why he says that this is this is not just we think it's we think it's we think it's God sometimes when it comes to us of oh I'm not enough or I don't measure up because it looks impossible. God said that you are enough because I'm enough and that you don't have to wait, you can do this now. Like Malala, you can do that now. Sixteen years old has a Nobel Prize for winning girls back into education. Something as simple as that, you can lead someone in that. Did you know that God in the Bible did not use older people to do his work a lot of the times? His disciples were teenagers. All 12 disciples were teenagers. Even Timothy wasn't even an adult. He was under Paul as a teenager, but he was called to go to a church and run it. We think that us being small in age, height, speech, we think our speech is weak. Oh, I can't really speak like that. I'm not that good at speaking. Whatever. I don't have this talent or that. God will use anything for his glory. So why not let him use it? God tells us that we are capable of making a difference right now. And I want to pray for a specific group of people tonight. If you are the person that's, well, three people. If you're the person 
that feels like you're not, like you're too quiet in your faith. I'm not talking about how you speak. I'm talking about how you act. Maybe your lifestyle doesn't save faith. Maybe it says something else. Or maybe you feel like you're not enough or you don't have enough that God cannot use. Or you feel like you're tired of waiting and you feel like there's no way out. You feel like I can't make a difference. I can't make a dent. I'm too young. If that's you, if you're three of those categories, I'm not going to name anybody, but on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. If you believe, like, Lord, I want to be loud in my faith. I want to be enough, and I want to make a difference in any way, shape, or form that I can. On the count of three, one, two, three. Raise your hand. I see hands going up. Thank you, Jesus. Keep that hand. Wave it real high, real high so I can see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your hand raised. I want to give a moment. Anybody else want to raise their hand? If you feel like you're not loud enough in your faith, you feel like you're not enough, or you feel like you feel like it's just, I, I'm tired of waiting to make a difference. Okay, you can put your hand down. I want to pray a specific, I want to pray an anointing prayer over you. And what I mean by that is I want to pray a prayer from the power of the Holy Spirit to give you boldness to do those three points. Because you can't make a difference. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for the hands that were raised. I thank you for the hearts that acknowledge that they need you. I'm thankful that you have opened up their minds and their hearts to receive you. Because, Lord, they feel like they're too quiet. Maybe their lifestyle doesn't measure up. Maybe they don't feel like they're enough or they don't feel like they can't wait no longer. Lord, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit over every student that has raised their hand and acknowledged that they want to make a difference. Not in an obnoxious way, not in a crazy way, but in the way you see fit, a loving way, a righteous way, a powerful way that will affect not just people around them, but let it affect within them. So Father, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you anoint these kids that have raised their hands with boldness, with understanding that they are enough because you are enough. And I pray that they don't have to wait, that there's always an opportunity knocking. Lord, give them discernment on the opportunities at their school, with their friends, cousins, aunts, uncles, Lord, whoever they know that needs to know you that are severely broken, Lord, let them help them lead back to you. Lord, we ask for this. And I pray for those students in that. And Lord, I pray for every single student in here who feels like they don't measure up or like, oh, I don't really want to do that. It's not because you're selfish. You're not selfish at all. I think it's a lack of power in your life. It's a lack of power. It's a lack of Holy Spirit because if you don't want to do it, it's not because you just, you just, you're just being selfish and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. But it's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have the desire to. If that's you, I'm not, you don't have to raise your hand, but acknowledge it in your heart. I don't have the desire, but I want to have the desire. Lord, I pray for every student in their heart, not with their hands raised, but in their heart, that they acknowledge that they want the desire back, that they want that desire. Lord, we ask for this, and we praise your name above all else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
And amen. Amen.